Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 33 of View to a Cocker Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Ninja Sentai Cocker Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, the listeners. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how are you doing today? I'm, I'm good. I'm hanging in there, man. We are recording this at a weird time <laughs> because the twins finally went down for a nap. That is very exciting, and it must be doubly exhausting because A, you have twin five-month-olds that you are caring for, and two, the sun has not shone in Cleveland for lo these many days. Yeah, dude, it has been rough. It's been raining for like four straight days, and it's real, real lame, and I will be very, very excited when the freaking sun shows up again. Oh, dude, I am, because not only has it been raining, it has been raining in like 45 to like 50 degrees for the last week in the middle of May or the beginning of May. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is a real bummer, but, and I will talk I about this I thought we were supposed week. to be, it's supposed to rain in April and then we get May flowers. That's how it, that was the promise that's, well, that's that was the made to phrase. me. Yeah. Uh, the phrase that pays, as they say. But Dave, I, and I'll talk about this next week, I'm going to Kansas City this week for work. Are you going to Kansas City? Kansas City, here I come. Uh, yeah, thank you for, in, yes. In Kansas City, for the next couple, of, for the time that I'm going to be there, it's going to be like 80 degrees and sunny, and I am pumped. I, was like, I have to do work while I'm there, so that's less exciting, but just going to a place where it isn't cold and gray and raining for a couple of days is going to be a real boon, my friend. Oh, no, dude, I hear you, because you know I go to Austin sometimes for Christmas, because I've got Beth's family is down there, Yeah, and dude, going from Cleveland, listen, you guys know we love Cleveland, but going from Cleveland winter and just showing up in Austin for a week is, it's a balm to the soul, friend. It's a real thing. Speaking of balms to the soul, Matt. Yes, Dave. Today we are watching episode 33 of Ninja Sentai Kaku Ranger. It is called Village of Amanojako. But before we get into that, Dave, shining in the heavens, there are five stars. What, what, what is our first star of the week? So we are not actually going to super, super talk about this because this is, this is how we roll, is we went and saw Guardians of the Galaxy last night. Yes, we did. Well, okay. Yeah, we guys. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 last night. Yeah, sorry, Volume 2. Listen, I, I don't think we're breaking any... We did not go to see like a a screening of a three-year-old movie. I would have been fine with that. And listen, we're not breaking any news here that that movie was really, really good. But it was really good, y'all. Like Dude, it, was, it was great. I, honestly, I was a little tempted to not talk about it at all, except that I was thinking about it. And Dave, I don't know if you remember this, but so Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one, came out on my 30th birthday. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, I didn't remember that exactly, but sure. sure. Um, but I think, and I could be wrong about this. I'd have to go back and check the tapes that the first time we did the five stars segment, one of the stars was the fact that we had just gone to go see guardians of the galaxy. Oh, nice. That's a nice piece of continuity for us to have had. Yeah. So Listen, man, it's a fantastic movie, and everybody you think is going to be great in it is is totally, totally great. Like, Chris Pratt is great. Kurt Russell is great. Like, Zoe Saldana is Like, everybody's fantastic. Dave the Animal Batista, wonderful. Yeah, it's, he actually, as good as everybody is, Dave the Animal Batista is maybe the highlight of that movie. And I, in a weird way, I think it's maybe because he's not, specifically an actor you know what i mean and like he just does such a fun job and he dives into it so hard yeah for a dude that is you know like fundamentally in a way that is like kind of not his thing right and plus so, the, like of all the characters the movie is least centered on him yeah definitely so he just sort of gets to be in it and like 
drags himself around. It's really fun. So, man, is there anything we can say about the movie? So, yeah, there's a couple of things I think we can say pretty, pretty safely. Sure. First, soundtrack it is great. Was Yondu rules. Yondu rules. The end of the movie was surprisingly like touching. Oh, they it was a, really it was a like, jerk, dude. Oh, so I don't think Matt, because you were two seats over from me, but to, so it was you, me, and producer Mark. We went to see it last night, and then I was on the far right, and then to my right were two girls that like we did not know, like they were just also in the movie theater. Right, and to my but, left was a dude who, since the seats in this movie theater reclined, thought that he was just in his living room and was flailing around like a jerk. Until at oh. some point halfway through the movie, I mentioned it to him and he got so embarrassed that he left. Did he seriously? Oh, yeah. That Jeez. whole group got up and left. Wow. Uh, you, did you just say like, hey, man, could you please not flail around and like bump me? I forget exactly what I said, but I was firm but polite. Yeah. Anyways, uh, the two these two young ladies, I don't actually know if they were young. They sounded young. But they were, like, throwing out, like, not talking to me. Like, they were just talking to each other. But, like, they were throwing down some, like, pretty legit nerd bona fides. And um, the one on the far right in the last, in, like, the moment that we won't tell you about. But, like, you'll know it when you get there. She was legitimately crying. Just, like, like out weeping. loud. Yeah, like, openly weeping at this thing. And it was a pretty, like, it was a pretty intense moment, which was very, very cool. The only other thing I think I will say about it is it's my one, like, tiny gripe. It's my one tiny gripe. And I shouldn't even say it, but I am a comic book person. And so I, if I have a tiny gripe, like, I'm internally compelled to share it with the world. Sure, sure. My, my only tiny gripe is that it, I think, and they, they didn't do this as much with the other Marvel movies, this movie definitely feels like a part two of three. You know what I'm saying? Like Guardians of the Galaxy 1 was totally like complete. This was a great movie and it was a complete movie, but it very much, for me at least, gave me the feel that like, oh, this is setting up for Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. whatever the next Marvel, like whatever the next big Marvel thing is that the Guardians will be involved in, it's very much like tying in and setting up for that thing as like a really, it's like a big priority for this movie that that thing is happening. Right. And I know that like, uh, like, I mean, Winter Soldier did kind of the same thing. A lot, I mean, a lot of yeah. second movies do it. It's, you described it last night as like an Empire Strikes Back sort of moment. Yes, exactly. But it was a great movie. There were a ton of like really fun, you know, like nerd comic book cameos. You're like, well, I won't share them with you, but you'll see them. They're fun and cool. We can talk about them a little bit more in depth next week. Yes. So actually, uh, speaking of comic book stuff, Dave, um, what is our second star of the week? Man, second star of the week is I have been making really, really good use of my Marvel Unlimited subscription. Oh, yeah, dude. Which I uh, I didn't... I'm sort of, like, trying to make a point of doing it because last year, like, I had the subscription, but I didn't really, like, read a whole ton of comic books. And this year, I'm like, no, I'm going to, like, read all these comic books. It's really amazing. Especially because Marvel did that, like, whole giant reboot thing. It was very cool. And I think I think they actually did a pretty neat job of it. So I've been reading a ton of comic books, and this is your semi-periodic, like, six months late Dave's hot takes on old comic books moment. Yeah. No, we, we could have gone to the comic book shop today and gotten comic books. Today is free comic book day, but instead, I went to Aldi's, so we're not going to talk about free comic book day. Oh, I do love Aldi's, though. Yeah, yeah, dude. So anyways, there are a handful of books that Matt, I don't know how much you're making because I know you also have a subscription, right? Yeah. I don't know how much you are reading, but uh, the, first of all, I, I have been keeping up insofar as I just binged as hard as I could on all of the available, like recent Doctor Strange stuff, like all that Jason Aaron ooh. stuff. Yeah, like with Empirical and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's also, very, very good. The, the first episode, or not first episode, first issue of Doctor Strange and the Sorcerer's Supreme is out. Yup, that just hit. 
I'm looking forward to it. Oh, Looks super, yeah, super dude. cool. Like I read it. So there's a handful of things that I think are are, are pretty neat that, that are happening. Uh, the first is I actually, as much, and I, I'm not on record as saying this, aside from anybody who talked to me at the time, I did not like Civil War like the first Civil War, I don't. I didn't like how it was handled. Eh, there was some interesting ideas. Civil War Two, I think, actually was really, it was actually really well written. Oh, really? It's a yeah. It's a little bit tough to follow like everything, everything, just because of the way. Because I get everything on Marvel Unlimited, and the release schedules are a little bit weird. Trying to follow like exactly what's happening, but it's really, really cool. The stuff where Captain America is actually like secretly a Hydra agent there. First of all, there's a totally reasonable explanation for it. He's not going to be evil forever. You guys, it's comic books. Like it's cool. Yeah. And I, and I understand a lot of people are upset about that. And listen, I, I am not here to tell you what you should and should not be upset by. Um, but I'm, as regards comic books. Right. Yeah. But like for me, that is not a big deal because I feel like the point of the story is that being a Nazi is bad. And I feel like that's a yeah. pretty good idea to have out there these days. Yeah. So one of the things that I think is actually super, super cool about it, and the reason I'm mentioning it is, like I said, you know, I am an English teacher and I have a literature degree. And so I really dig, you know, reading comics. I, lo- I mean, I love comics in general. But what's really fun for me is looking at the things that are sort of literally totally unique to comic books and the way that you can tell stories in comic books because a story in comic books is playing out it's like it's linear it's it's like it's this weird continuous thing it's a serial but it's being composed by like dozens of different authors and like all of these different things it's it's really really neat and civil war is playing around a lot with that and what's cool is that they are in different comic books you're seeing different scenes from the perspective of different characters. You mean the same scene from the perspective of I'm sorry, characters. yes, the okay. same scene. So like in say, one normally scene... Normally what happens in a comic book is that each book has different scenes and different characters. Yeah, no, thank you, Matt. Uh, so you'll see one scene and it's got like Iron Man and Captain Marvel and Captain America or whatever. And in Iron Man's book, you're getting Iron Man's internal monologue. And in Captain America's book, you're getting Captain America's internal monologue and so on and so forth. And that's... It's really, really neat. They're doing cool stuff with it. Second, if, Matt, you are not reading The Ultimates, you need to read The Ultimates. I was just hearing uh, some good things about The Ultimates. It's crazy good. Uh, Galactus is a good guy now. Okay. Yup. Galactus is a good guy now. And then they're making a second book called Ultimates 2, which is where Galactus... Is he has turned? He's got a new herald, and he has sent that herald out to find the five ultimates, which will help him like win the war that saves the universe. It's it's amazing. It's that, like I don't want to go into a ton amazing? of detail. What it's yeah, it's amazing. It's the comic bookiest comic book. It's giant and cosmic, and it's tons and tons of fun. And the last thing I'm going to say about comic books, real quickly, Matt, is that Marvel has started publishing a series of books called infinite comics oh yeah and they are this i think is fascinating and i think ultimately may end up being i would be very curious to you know 20 years in the future to see where this goes this is actually not a brand new thing the infinite comics i know they were starting to do them around the time of uh secret war 2 because i know the x-men 92 cross or tie into um Secret Wars 2 was an infinite comic. Oh, I didn't know that. But what these infinite comics are is it's a format that really only works online. And it is a comic page. It's like a single comic page to which panels are like added and overlaid and subtracted dynamically as you are going through the book. Yeah, I think the first time I ever saw a similar effect was not actually a Marvel Infinite thing. But the um, the Batman 66, like, digital comic that was available, like, DC was putting out through Comixology, was set up that way. It was real. It was the first time I'd ever seen it, and it was a really cool effect. And I'm excited yeah, it's that it's just... becoming more and more of a thing. 
Yeah, it's such a neat thing. And I would be very curious to see is like, is that the future of comic books as, you know, maybe like print starts to diminish and like online stuff. Anyways, like now I'm just like spitball economying, which isn't funny. So what, Matt, is our third, third star of the week? Third star of the week, Dave, is this has actually been a star before, but I'm bringing it back because I'm just as excited now as I was then. We have talked before about the game Shovel Knight. Yeah, we totally have. Um, Shovel Knight was a great game. If you never played it, it's sort of like a NES-style throwback side-scroller adventure game in the vein of like a Mega Man platformer where like you go through a level and then you fight a boss and then you get like a special ability from that boss. Except you are, like, a knight who uses a shovel instead of a sword. It's also very fun. And, like, the story is, like, weirdly compelling for how minimalist the game is. But instead of putting out, like, Shovel Knights 2 and Shovel Knight 3, what they've been doing is every couple of months, they are putting out new ways to play through the same game. So originally it was just Shovel Knight and you played as Shovel Knight. But then later they... Like, they took one of the villains, who was Plague Knight, and they turned him into the playable character, and there's a whole separate campaign. And he, like, moves and his, like, he moves and attacks and all of his special moves are different, and so the way that you have to navigate through the levels are all different. Oh, that's crazy. Like, Like, what a neat idea. Yeah, and, like, they don't have, they do, like, reorganize things in the level somewhat, but they don't do it a ton. And they've just put out a new, new version of it uh, where you get to play as a Reaper Knight, and he's all, like, wall jumps and air, like, diagonal slashes and stuff, which makes the platforming elements really, like, weird and difficult in ways that are different from the previous two iterations the the amount of work that they've put into this thing to make the same levels feel that different three times through with the three different characters is really astonishing and they just did a great job and i'm excited that it's back yeah that's super super cool man uh it's not a long star but hey there you got it shovel light go play it sometime (laughs) oh what's also great is that it's not dlc that you have to buy it's just the game updates Wow, that's classy, guys. Yeah. Good job. So, Dave, what is our fourth star of the week? So, fourth star of the week, Matt, is a quick Trim Healthy Mama update. This is not actually about my, like, personal, uh, you know, like, body goals. Although, as of this morning, Matt, I weigh 200 pounds. I'm down 43 pounds, dude. Good heavens. Good for you, man. I know. Feeling pretty good. Thank you. So, this is actually... (laughs) But... So there is a Trim Healthy Mama Facebook group, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not on it, and but Beth is. And she's like a fairly active person because she likes hanging out on the internet. Anyways, and so she posted a, a comparison. She asked if she could, and she posted a comparison picture of me. Like, hey, I'm proud of my husband. Like, this is a picture of him from like a year ago, and this is a picture of him like yesterday. And this picture, Matt, got... 2,000 Facebook likes. 2,000. That, Dave, I think is more Facebook likes than I have ever gotten on all of my Facebook posts combined. That's definitely more likes than I've ever gotten on anything. That's more single interactions than my entire Facebook post or history has. There are 2,000 likes on this picture. And, And from what I understand, the reason is... Is that there's all these ladies on Trim Healthy Mama, like, trying to be Trim Healthy Mamas, presumably. And I guess a lot of ladies have trouble getting their husbands to, like, come do this thing with them. Uh, It's probably because of the terrible name. It's probably because of the terrible name. I don't know. But, like, all these women are complaining, like, oh, my husband won't do it. And, like, he asks me to, like, cook two dinners. Like, really crazy stuff. And so I think one of the reasons that it got 2,000 likes is that there were all these ladies who were like, oh my gosh, how wonderful. And Matt, let's be, let's be real. I, I am a pretty wonderful husband. Oh, sure. How wonderful it is that your husband is like doing this with you and like all of this stuff. So that's only the first semi-funny part. The second funny part is that the two sisters, like the original Trim Healthy Mamas, like the two sisters who like run this brand and publish the books. Uh-huh. They message Beth and say, hey, 
would you and your husband mind if we used that picture in our next cookbook? Huh. To, like, have a dude in there who is not, like, a directly related to one of us <laughs> that will say, like, yes, this is great and, like, you should try it. And so they, and then they also, and we said like, yeah, sure. And like kind of didn't think anything else about it. And then they messaged her back a couple of days ago and said like, hey, would Dave mind writing like a little like five sentence blurb to accompany this picture talking about like, you know, like he digs it and like he's very happy and he's lost all this weight and the food is good and blah, blah, blah. Or they didn't ask me, ask me what to write. They just said, asked if I would do it. Sure. And I said, sure. So uh, I'm basically a lifestyle guru now. Nice, nice, nice. This is, yeah, I'm going to be, I think I have to start a blog and I will be starting my own like lifestyle brand. You'll be able to buy, buy, I don't know if I'm going to do like a Gwyneth thing where I just tell you all the things that I like. Sure. Or if I do more of like a Kim K thing where I'm actually producing products. Sure. So you're I don't know. making your own leggings, your own juices, your own powders, your own toxin-removing exactly. uh, substances and fluids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the question. I don't know. I'm Like I said, I'm really busy with the twins right now. I don't know where I'm going to land on that side of the fence, but... You know, if I, when I figure it out, you guys will be the first to know. Well, you know, Dave, it's been nice having you on this podcast. I look forward to lis- listening to you on your further projects as you move up and up in the world. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, it's yeah, be I will doing uh... this without you, but uh, you know, I'll, 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 I'll make do somehow. No, Matt, I'm not. Listen, I'm not going anywhere. This is part of the Dave. You know, I don't have a name for it yet. That's my other problem. But this podcast, Matt, is part of the Dave lifestyle. Like, I think I'm going to have to recommend, like, hey, go start, like, as part of the thing where you're emulating my life, you know, go start a podcast with your, like, best friend or brother or your best friend who is your brother or, like, whatever. Like, just go do that thing as for, like, two years sure, that's as step a step one. forward. Step one, yeah, step two one. years on a podcast. Step two, start yeah. a diet. Right. And then we'll see where it goes from there. So what, Matt, is our fifth and final star of the week? Dave, our fifth and final star of the week is another um, sort of cool thing in our family that people should get congratulated for that we are going to do now. Uh, We, sort of separately today, we're both talking to our parents. And our mother, who has been working on a um, doctoral degree, has just gotten confirmation that her thesis has been accepted. And she is now like, mom is now Dr. Mom, which is yeah. very strange. But congratulations, Yeah, it's mom. super crazy. So congratulations, mom, on your doctorate. We're super, super proud of you. Uh, we hope everybody that's listening is also in some odd way proud of you, even though they don't know you. So I mean, they know congratulations, us, mom. we know them. So, you know. Right. So congratulations, mom. Uh, like I said, we're super, super proud of you. It's an amazing accomplishment. And... Uh, we're we're proud to be your kids, and you did a you did a really cool, great thing. Yes, and I look forward to seeing you soon. Oh, by the way, uh, listeners, I am going to Sweden uh, in the end of May, early June. We are going to oh, try nice. to make sure that we have episodes up during that time. We're going to try to get ahead. Uh, but in case there is a late or missing episode that is up, that is what is up. I'm going to be out of the country. So, Matt, let's go watch episode thirty-three, and we will be right back. Okay, welcome back. So we have just finished watching episode 33 of Ninja Sentai Kakaranger, the village of Amanojaku, and let's get into it, Dave. And you know why Matt. I didn't you know why I didn't mess around and said we should just get into it right away? Why did you say that? Because uh, this episode also doesn't mess around and gets into it immediately. Yeah, it seriously does. So we start off at this shrine. Uh, temple, shrine. It's in my notes as either temple or shrine, which means they probably yeah, said one thing consistently and I wasn't paying close enough attention to write it down. That sounds like us, yeah. Uh, and there is a yokai just sort of wandering around outside the shrine and or temple, singing a little song about how he can't find a ball and so he puts a cat into a bag and kicks it. 
And then he picks up a bag and he kicks it. Yup. Yeah. So this is like, obviously this is our yokai for the thing. And they don't tell us this immediately, but his name is Amada Jutsu, right? Amada Am Jaku. I pronouncing that correctly? Amada Jaku. That's all right. Like the I just threw the Jutsu episode. in there. Yeah. Amada Jaku. And dude, Amada Jaku. Amada has a cool look. He really He's does. He's got like a, yeah, it's like a weird, like dark Harlequin sort of. He's got like a cool pointed cap and like a crazy mask face thing. It's He looks really, really cool. Well, what's cool he looks like a legit villain. Is I mean, we'll, we will get a sort of explanation for this later, but he does kind of look like a statue that is like moving around, like his skin Yeah, tone, he totally does. Which there's a reason for that we'll get to later in the episode, but it's a very cool look. So he kicks this bag and the bag flies through the air. And that's actually, we follow the bag and that's how we get our scene change into the Rangers. And the Rangers are driving around in Nakamaru and this bag hits them and they immediately stop and they, they pop out and they grab the bag. And sure enough, there is a kitten in this bag. A like weapons grade, adorable kitten. Yeah, man. They had like kitten auditions for these kittens. And I'm going to be clear about something. I'm going to jack you, like, punted this bag. It flew down the mountain and bounced off the windscreen of a moving car. And then oh, yeah, there's no way. And opened the bag, and that cat is A-OK 100 Yeah, this fine. is some TV ninja magic that this cat is cool. Okay, Matt, I actually have real a quickly about this. Please, but really, really briefly, I know... I know the internet is lousy with cats. Sure. This is a thing I'm aware of. Right. However, however, I will share this website with you. If you do a web search for a keeping up with the Katarsians, K-A-T-T-Arsians, you will find a website that is just a 24-7 live stream of, of kittens and their mother at like an Icelandic cat shelter. And it's just a nice, like, with everything on the internet today, Matt, just being able to, like, take a little break and watch some, like, adorable kittens rolling around. I just thought, you should know that. That's a thing that people should be aware of that they can go and bring into their lives. It's a nice resource Anyways, moving on. to have on hand. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm here. We're here for you guys. So here's my so, theory on how this cat is okay. Please. It flies down the mountain, and the first thing it hits is Nekomaru. And Nekomaru mm. is like a magic cat truck. And yes. so perhaps Nekomaru contains enough like cat magic that it was able to like safely cradle. cradle like the impact of this kitten. So they get this cat out of the bag. haha, ha. ho. And they just they're like, well, clearly we are taking this cat with us. That's obviously that's obviously what we're doing. And I forget exactly how they bring it up, but they mentioned something to the effect of, oh, we're, they are here, like off in the mountains or wherever, to go mushroom picking. Like this is their, this is the plan. Yes. And so they are following, I think we're like wherever, they don't say this, of course, but wherever they want to go mushroom picking, it seems, is by this temple shrine thing right. so and so they're following road signs that say like oh like the temple is this way which okay just rangers get a map get a map this has got to be i think this is like the fourth or fifth time that the rangers have gotten tricked trapped whatever by something as simple as somebody this is like some wily e. coyote level like all they somebody did is like put the signs pointing the wrong direction and the it it works on the Rangers every single time because these dudes cannot just buy a map at a gas station. Now, to be that fair, can't they be that do big have of a deal. A map, but that map is like an ancient chart showing the locations of a couple of scrolls, and it's not right. That's super not a map that they the need. And so, like you so said, of course, this is a wily e. coyote moment because there are road signs that are pointing them the wrong direction, and the direction that it points them is literally off of a cliff. Yeah. Which they do not notice until the absolute last second. And they do, they pull the classic like half over, like Nekamaru is like halfway off this cliff and it's sort of balancing 
which I guess Nekamaru is like super backweighted. I didn't know that about him. You know, it must be because all of the Kaku Rangers run to the very front of Nekamaru to look out the door and be like, oh my gosh, we almost died. We need to get this car back on solid ground. Yeah, so they look off to the side and they see that there are like, because they're in a quarry, of course, and they see some miners, I guess is who it's supposed to be. Yeah. And these these miners are looking at them and my instinct, and I can't believe it's not theirs, is that these miners are clearly Dorodoros. Like very obviously Dorodoros. Because they don't like look on in shock and horror at this car that has almost driven off a cliff. They don't run over help. They're just sort of standing there looking. And the Rangers have to call them over like, oh, hey, we're clearly in distress. Could you please come help us? And so they run over, the miners do, and they grab onto the back bumper. And for a moment, they start to like pull on the bumper as though they're trying to help. And then all of them at the same time switch gears and just start pushing. And they shove Nekamaro off the cliff. Now, yeah. in this moment, the Kaku Rangers start screaming. Because yes. they have somehow forgotten that they are in a flying magic car. Yeah, they're completely fine. Nekamaru goes off the cliff and it just goes, and the lights flash. And then it just flies down and lands very safely at the bottom of the quarry. They, they were never in any danger. No, like, I mean, the, the villagers clearly thought they were putting them in danger. Oh, yeah, they were trying to kill the rangers. That's true. Right, but the rangers should have known better than to be terrified by this. If they just get to, they land on the bottom of the quarry, all the rangers jump out and look back up at the villagers. I'm like, guys, what the heck was that? Yeah, <laughs> I do appreciate how surprised they are. Wait, I mean, guys, okay, come on. You just, you got tricked. You obviously got tricked. It's so clear. Well, so they, they are not willing to let this go. So they drive into town and they go to the police station. And they find a policeman there who is sitting with his feet up on his desk. And there's a sign outside the police station that says, open, but closed for business. And the cop is like, yeah, uh, it's not my business to go around finding bad people. You're on your own, dudes. Yeah, I'm just not dealing with this. Uh, the Rangers, again, they're completely surprised. Like, and he no, says, this, but this I tell you exactly what. exactly your business. Yeah, but the cop says, I tell you what, how about this? I'm not interested in helping you, but I do have some sweet persimmons. Would you like Would you like some fruit? And I think it's Seikai immediately, he completes, completely forgets about everything he was talking about. And he says, yes, yes, give me that fruit. So like this woman, I think it's the cop's like wife or something. She comes in, she's got a plate of these persimmons. She offers it to the rangers. The rangers are like, oh, this is nice at least. The degree to which they're completely won over by the promise of fresh fruit, like given the severity of what has just happened to them, is a little... The priority on that one is strange yeah, but to you me. Know, I mean, listen, the Kaku Rangers are very poor and they're always on the road. Imagine that like, you were constantly on a road trip like in your mid-20s with a bunch of other poor people in their mid-20s, and the only time you ever stopped was to like fight monsters. You probably live on a combination of like chips and gas station sandwiches if someone is offering you a tray of fresh fruit you are probably going to be really excited okay i would buy that but the nekamaru is a crepe truck hey man, crepe trucks have gotta have fresh fruit you don't you don't chow down on your own supply that's the rule i okay so anyways so they take these persimmons and they bite into them and they're, like, bitter somehow. They have been tricked. These are not sweet persimmons. They're awful, bitter persimmons. And the cop and his wife laugh at them because, like, ha-ha, you dumb jerks. You got, you got tricked. Right. Not only did you get pushed off a cliff and the police aren't helping you, but you ate a bad fruit. Ha-ha-ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> this is terrible for some reason. So, I mean, listen. It's, I mean, that's pretty obviously cool. terrible. You don't need to, like, go out of your way to find a supernatural reason as to why eating a bad piece of fruit is bad. It's one so, of the worst <laughs> things you can do, Dave. Okay, actually, yeah, that's fair. Bad, bad fruit is really, really bad. So we, we flip from there, and we just, we go up to this temple, and we see this kid, and he's in, like, temple clothes, 
Like, he clearly is at the temple in a semi-official capacity. Like, this is where this kid is. Right. He's and his like, name is Kosuke. He's sort of, like, on the steps leading to the temple. And the Rangers walk up to him. And Kosuke, as it turns out, is Sasuke's cousin. Yeah. And he... Which is great, because they... This is really wonderful. I think I was just so refreshed that they explained immediately what the relationship between these two was and why we care about it. Right, because Because so so often often it's just like, here's a kid and who seems to be super good friends with the Rangers for a reason that is literally never explained. So I was really stoked that they just went and said, like, it's his cousin, that's, that's why we're doing this. So he runs up. And he's like, Sasuke, I'm so glad you're here. And they're like, hey, how's it going? And they see the monk. And they keep calling him Osho. And I don't know if if somebody can help us out. I don't know if Osho is the monk's name or if Osho is just the Japanese word for monk or like dude who runs the temple. You know, I tried but, to Google this because um, I think they referred to him as the oh, that Osho. Been a, yeah, that's what's throwing me off because I think I did see that once or twice. So I did try to Google this. Um, oh, and, yeah, that would have been a good idea. Well, you know, I, I had a few minutes while I was setting up here, and I was looking at my notes trying to figure out, like, whether or not this should be capitalized or not as, like, a proper noun. Mm. Um, and I so I, I did Google it, and I was not able to find anything useful. Everything I found was, like, Indian, like, like non-Japanese stuff. Uh, so I don't know if this is at all connected to that or what have you, but in any case... I think that that is his title. Okay. Well, let's... Yeah, I mean, they just only, they only ever call him Osho, so we can just roll, I think, with, with calling him Osho. That's fine. So, we see Osho, and Sasuke asks about the village. He's like, hey, there seems to be something weird going on. Like, somebody tried to kill us, and then the cops wouldn't do anything, and then they gave us bad fruit. And Osho just says, oh, he's like, I don't know. Everything's cool, though, like... Don't even worry about it. Yeah, like I haven't and really Sasuke noticed seems anything to, particularly weird. And Sasuke totally takes his word for it, which is fantastic. He's like, oh, well, if this guy says it's cool, it's probably fine. Well, I, I think that Sasuke knows this guy. Like, this is not the first time that they have met. Oh, well, that would make sense. And so then we see uh, some ladies, and they are all loaded down with, like, baskets and some stuff. And the baskets are all full of mushrooms, which makes sense because remember the rangers are also here to pick mushrooms. And so Osho just says, Oh, thanks, ladies, go put those mushrooms like in the barn, I think he says. And he does mention that they are the new mushrooms that are in some way better than the mushrooms that the Kaku Rangers had come there to find. Oh yeah. Sorry, when they're going to pick mushrooms, they're not going like generally mushroom picking. They are here for a very specific, like the Matsu Kake mushroom. Like you know, they are here for a particular thing. Right, which is a mushroom that is native to some places in Japan, but apparently is like, has over the years gotten less and like, it is sort of like an endangered thing, perhaps in Japan, where like, huh. it's very, very hard to find there. Oh, right on. That's cool. So they've had so to like start next... importing it from other countries, which is like a whole thing. This is what happens when I try to spend five minutes doing research before the episode starts, is that I have kind of an idea as to sort of what is going on, but I do the not have international politics of, yeah. like, Japanese mushrooms. Awesome. So, the next scene, like, we just, that's it for that scene. The next scene we see is the Rangers, and they're out mushrooming. Now, they're looking for these mushrooms. They can't find, they can't find anything. But Seikai sees some. He like he looks over and he sees like a little growth of these mushrooms. He's like, "Hooray!" and he starts to run over and he hits like a trip line. <laughs> and he gets caught up in like an Ewok trap, which yeah. I'm sure there's an actual name for it, but you know exactly what I mean when I say an Ewok trap. Well, it's not the net. It's like the thing that snares you by like your one leg and drags you up in the air. Oh, I thought there was a net. Okay, so this is more like a Bugs Bunny trap, I would say then. Yeah, yeah, this is a very Bugs Bunny trap. So he gets caught by this Bugs... This show is very cartoonish at times. So he gets caught, and he's like dangling from his ankle, like from a tree. And we see some people, and it's the workers from before. Like, they're they're back. And Are these the same workers? I thought these were other villagers. 
oh, you know, I thought it was. Maybe I just didn't look closely enough. But whoever it is, they see Seikai, and Seikai says, like, hey, you guys, help. I don't know why he doesn't call the other rangers and ask for their help, because he sees these total strangers, and he asks for their help. And the one guy, with a smile, and one guy pulls out, like, a sickle, like a comma-style sickle, and he throws it at Seikai, well, not at Seikai, at the rope that is holding Seikai, and he cuts Seikai down. And Seikai has a, he's, he seems confused, because that is an odd way to have done that, but ultimately thankful. Yeah, and the, like, and all the other, well, not Sasuke, because he's still back at the temple, but the other three rangers are all there, like, oh, uh, thanks, guys, for your help. That was weird, but cool, thank you. And then, and all then the they... villagers pull out those commas <laughs> and just throw them at them. So the rangers dodge these rando sickles, and then by the kind of by the time they get back up and look over, the villagers are gone. So we cut from these four rangers over to Sasuke. Sasuke is back, sort of like walking up and down the steps that led up to the temple when he hears something behind him, and all of a sudden, Amanajaku's spear is flying through the air towards him. And Sasuke, because Sasuke is awesome, like he turns around, he grabs the spear, he flips it around and just chucks it back where it came from. Yeah, it's a baller move. Ultimately, like Amanajaku does not get got by his own spear, but he is then revealed. He's like, oh, I, hello, I'm Amanajaku. You may remember me from myth and legend. Yeah, so... I, I had to look this up because all they tell us about Amanajaku is that he has a perverted mind. Like, that's all this, this the, the show tells us. So I looked it up, and here's the deal with Amanajaku. He is like the imp of the perverse. He's like a yokai that's the imp of the perverse. Like, his deal is that he gets people to follow their own, like, dark impulses. Yeah, and so when he si- when they are referring to things as being perverse in this episode, that is what they're referring to. Like, it is specifically yeah. perverse and not, like, perverted, if that distinction is... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You. There's... Sorry, to be clear, there is no sexual element of this. This right. is not... Yeah, it's still... It's a kid's show. This is a show for babies. But, yeah, that's his, like, imp of the perverse, like, do the weird, gross, dumb, mean thing that you had in the back of your head that, like, common sense would tell you not to do. Like, go do that thing. That's Amanajaku's deal. And we find out that he was captured by someone, it doesn't tell us who, and imprisoned in in a statue, and he is held in that prison by like an iron rod that is resting on his head. Yeah, and he's like nailed his head to the ground. Yeah. So that's his whole deal. So Sasuke runs back up the stairs to the shrine, and he goes in and he sees the statue that used to be the guy holding Amanajaku down, and like the rest of the statue is still there, but Amanajaku is, n- is not. There is just like an empty space where there ought to be like a trapped yokai. Yeah, so we get a quick flashback, and here's here's what happens. is that It's Kosuke, and he's there, and he hears a voice, which we recognize as Amonojaku, and he goes into the temple, and Amonojaku, like, they superimpose, like, in a phantasmal way, the face of the yokai monster that they've created for the show over the face of the statue. And Amonojaku says, Kosuke, uh, I just want to let you know, I feel super, super bad about everything I've done. And all I want, my heart's desire, is to get free so that I can make amends for all the terrible things that I've done. And if you let me free, like if you let me out, then I will I will only do good things from now on. I super duper promise. And so Kosuke, because he is a like trusting little kid, Idiot. he's like, yeah, well, that seems like a good idea. And so he goes over and, like, pulls up the rod that's holding down Amanajaku's head. And Amanajaku escapes and is like, Ahaha, you are an idiot because I am an evil yeah, yokai. Yeah, like you're big dumb dummy. Uh, so I'm just going to do gonna... my evil yokai stuff. P.S. Don't tell anybody about this. Yeah. So what we find out, the reason that Amanajaku is so intent on revenge and the humans 
is that people come to this shrine. I guess this is like the shrine of messing with Amanojaku. Because according to him, people come to this shrine specifically to make fun of him. Like to feel good about themselves that somebody has trapped this evil yokai. Like hooray for us and humanity. We have trapped this dumb jerk. Because we get some flashback scenes of people just sitting in front of the shrine and like laughing uproariously at the idea of Amanojaku being trapped. So we could, like the flashback has now ended and Sasuke is talking to Kosuke and he says, oh, so this is why you invited me up here to like help with the mushrooms because you have this yokai problem. Okay. Which he couldn't tell him about ahead of time because he took the threat seriously, I guess. So Kosuke, like they talk about this for a second and Sasuke like is asking him some questions, but the important part here is that Kosuke suddenly realizes that the mushrooms are the problem. Right. Like somehow... He's just like, people... Yeah, people are eating these mushrooms, and that is what is causing all of this negative behavior, and Amanajaku must be connected to it somehow. So after a brief interlude of Daimao saying like, oh, yes, Amanajaku, like, fulfill your grudge, which, by the way, is yeah. the only time we see Daimao in the entire episode. Yeah, I think this scene literally exists just to remind us that Daimaru ex- is, is like is in charge, right? Because they never reference him again. Um, we cut to Sasuke and Kosuke inside the barn, like examining these mushrooms. When I say examining the mushrooms, I mean just sort of like poking them and sniffing them and prodding at them. Yeah, literally vaguely examining them. It's really funny. Tsurihime and so- Jiraiya walk in, but it. Like, Sasuke does not think to, in this moment, say, oh, hey, by the way, these are evil mushrooms. Do not eat them. And it's good for the story that he doesn't because, of course, the very first thing that Jiraiya does is eat one of these mushrooms. Sure, gotta get a taste of that shroom. Gotta get a taste of that mushroom that is just drying in a barn. Delish. And well, so apparently it is delicious because as soon as he takes a bite, he says that he is very, very happy and then also reports that he is incredibly high. Yeah, which was uh, that was a weird turn for this to take. So he starts laughing uproariously and then he does that for like five seconds and then he stops laughing and then attacks Sasuke. Like full on like kung fu fight, c- kicking him through the walls, knocking over like little stone statuettes. Yeah, and it's actually, it doesn't last very long, but it's actually a pretty fun fight because it's just Sasuke and Jiraiya, and they're both obviously very good at at this thing. And they are, you know, like they're not in costumes or anything. So it's a, it's a pretty good fight, and it doesn't last too long. So this is the first, we, we get a little clue that like, oh, is Osho in on this? For some, like, somehow, like, what is going on? Right, because he's been, like, collecting these mushrooms. Oh, by the way, at this point, Jiraiya is fine. Like, he collapses, which ends the fight, because, like, the poison in the mushroom, like, since he'd only taken a little nibble of it, it has run its course, and now he's back to normal. Yeah. So... So they realize that since Osho has been collecting these mushrooms, what that probably means is that it's not Osho. It's actually Amanajaku in disguise as Osho. Yeah. Which causes Kosuke to flip out. Because Osho is like his mentor and his friend and like his sort of father figure, I guess. Yeah, yeah. We would assume so that he is kind of a fake out dad. So Kosuke runs off because apparently he knows exactly where Osho is. Uh, Osho is down by the river with Seikai Seikai and Saizo and is about to start feeding them these mushrooms. Like he has like a little pot set up and he's doing a thing. He's like, oh, you dudes are going to love these shrooms. Get a big bite on that. Yeah, this is going to be so great. So Kosuke, and we are about to see, has just giant brass ones because he like runs up and just starts attacking Osho, like throwing rocks at him, knowing full well that Osho is, is actually a yokai, which is rad. And he's saying like, Oh, do not eat these. This is not Osho. This is Amanajaku. He is trying to poison you with his evil mushrooms. Yeah. So Amanajaku 
realizes that the jig is up. He transforms. And I actually just now notice, we get like a kind of a closer look at Amanajaku. And he does have a sort of mushroom look to him. Yeah, he seems to have some mushrooms like growing out of him in sort of like decorative like patches. Yeah. And so what he says is, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I am or I have been Osho. I killed that dude. Osho's totally dead. I have just been impersonating him and throwing these mushrooms around. So the rest so, of the rangers all show up to the riverfront. And yeah. like, oh, like, here's this yokai. We all need to transform. Super Henge. Now, here's a great moment. This is so fantastic. Kosuke didn't know that they were Kaku Rangers. Yeah, he just calls Sasuke because, like, I don't know, Sasuke is his rad older cousin who dresses cool and drives a motorcycle, and he just figures, like, oh, I guess Sasuke might be able to help me. He sees that they are the Kaku Rangers, and he loses his mind. He thinks it is, like, the coolest thing in the world, which, to be fair, it is. Like, imagine which it if your is. cool older cousin showed up to help you with a problem, and then it turned out that he was a superhero ninja that had a giant robot. Like... That would be yeah, the best I would, day of your life. I, right. I think the great thing about it is that this is the reaction that Kosuke has. Because no one ever has this reaction. Never. No we one ever. This reaction. Like, in the two and a half seasons we've been doing this podcast, we have seen this reaction like three times. And it should happen every week. Like, every single time that one of these kids finds out that the person that's been helping them is also secretly, like, a ninja slash Jetman slash, like, kung fu fighter superhero, I don't understand why these kids aren't freaking out perpetually. But anyways, so Kosuke is super stoked. Uh, there's a quick fight with Amanujaku and some Doro Doros. There's not a whole lot happening, except there is one, there's one great moment where Amanujaku uses Yojutsu telekinesis to snatch Kak- Sasuke's kaku laser out of its handle and then blasts Sasuke with his own kaku laser. So that was a that was a good moment. It is very cool. And while Sasuke is stunned by this, Amanujaku is able to like grab Kosuke and run off. So Tsurihime says, yeah. listen, Sasuke, we will take care of these Dorodoros. You go after Amanujaku and save the kid. Yeah. So... They sort of, like, run off, and Kosuke somehow, like, gets free of Amanojaku, and then continues to attack him. This is why I'm so into Kosuke, is that, like, at every opportunity, he is not running away from the monster. Like, he has recognized that this is, like, a terrifying monster, and he's like, well, uh, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. I'm going to throw rocks at it. That's my plan. And he just goes for it every single time. It's Kosuke's the man. He's rad. Yeah. If 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 this were if this show were similar to Die Ranger in that like halfway through we got a little kid who became our sixth ranger, like it being Kosuke would have been great. I mean that's not what's going well, to happen. I'm still but... assuming I'm still assuming that it's dog little brother number one, like Bun, I think his name is. That it will be a sixth ranger. I might maybe he won't be. I don't know. Maybe we're only ever gonna have five, but I feel like if there's going to be a sixth ranger, it's probably Bun. I do not know what is up with that kid, but I am excited to find out. Yeah, I feel like they're teasing something with him real hard. And I think the only version of it that will be lame is if they don't do anything. Right, if they just put this kid like in you've the got show a... a couple of times for like no reason. Yeah, so, so we get to the edge of this. Like they're in the quarry again somehow. And Amadejaku has gotten Kosuke back, and Sasuke shows up. And Amadejaku basically says, hey, you know what? This maybe has all been a mistake. I see now that what I am doing is, like, bad. So here, you take Kosuke back, and I will go back to my statue and, like, be trapped again. Right. So and for like- some reason, Sasuke and Kosuke believe this well because i'm gonna jack you then like he takes his weapon and he tosses it off the cliff he's like listen i'm, I'm putting my weapon down like take the kid back everything's cool so kosuke runs over to sasuke and then once they're both together i'm gonna jack you's like aha i tricked you fire breath and there's just like this huge gout of flame that knocks sasuke off the cliff back into the quarry 
Yeah, it's pretty great. And it's a really good idea. It's like, well, I need I wanted to blast both these nerds with fireballs, so I'll just get them together and fireball them together. So Sasuke, I think, like took the brunt of the hit because Kosuke is okay and he's back to like throwing rocks at Amunajaku. Amunajaku is yeah. gloating. He's like, aha, I'm so clever. I took him out. Now everything is everything's coming up Amunajaku. But what he has forgotten is that yeah. Sasuke is a cool ninja with, like, ninja ropes and climbing abilities. And so Sasuke, we just see, like, him, like, running, run climbing up this rope up the cliff. And he just, like, pops out and is, like, remember that sword, like, that double extra sword that he got from Tsubasamaru, yeah, like, hidden ten episodes sword. ago or something? And Yeah, thank you. Not ten episodes. He pulls that thing out and he's, like... Super sword combo, ultra lightning mega cut, and he just blasts Amanajaku in the dome. Uh, it is Dave, I'm sorry, Amanajaku goes down. Style lightning cut. Yeah, just thank so you. you. Hidden know. style lightning. It's just, sorry, I should, let's just assume from here on out that if I forget to say that a technique is hidden, they're all hidden. <laughs> all the techniques in this show are hidden techniques, guys. So you can just assume that even if we forget, it's just, trust us, it's a hidden technique. So, so hidden lightning mega cut. I'm gonna Jaku goes down and then you know he like uses his one up and he's like, well now I'll crush you with gigantism. Um, he goes to like so step he goes giant. on Sasuke and Kosuke. They both have to dive out of the way. Kosuke still yeah is we do get some rocks at this jerk. <laughs> it's so it's awesome. I love Kosuke. I want this kid to come back because yeah, it's like what. Giant now, still don't care. Throwing rocks, get at me. And dude, Kosuke's got uh, a good arm because he is throwing rocks from, like, the ground level up to the area of, like, a giant Amunajaku's, like, chest torso region. Yeah, it's actually... I did not think about that, but that's pretty impressive. It is, it is a heck of yeah, a Yeah, we get some really... We get some really, really good forced perspective shots. Uh, there actually haven't been a ton of those in this uh, in this series, but we we do get some now. And, you know, just, like, showing us that Amunajaku is giant and they're still tiny. It's it's pretty cool. So, gigantism. Uh, Kosuke gets knocked over a cliff. And we do... This is a great moment. Because I think I've talked before about why do the bad guys always just seem to wait and chill out while the rangers are, like, summoning their giant robots? And we get the answer here. And the answer is, or must be, that the summoning of the giant robots actually happens insanely quickly and is just slowed down so that our human eyes can observe it. Because what happens is that Kosuke gets knocked off this cliff, Sasuke summons God Saruder, gets into God Saruder, and then catches Kosuke before he hits the bottom. Yeah. Although, honestly, that is how it works this time. But I feel like in the course of Super Sentai, the speed with which they are able to transform and summon their robots is entirely dependent on what they need it to be doing for the plot that week. Because uh, I know, you know there are it's... other times that they have like gone to like summon a weapon or transform or summon a robot, but they have been stopped mid-action so they couldn't do it. I think it happened in Kakaranger when they were fighting well, the know... uh, flowery Kuchuini Kuchu. Ah, Kunoichi Gumi. Kunoichi Gumi. Thank you. Yeah, there is... Okay, yeah, there's some narrative flexibility there. That's, you know. But in this case, thankfully, it happens quickly enough that that child is not crushed when it lands on the bottom of the quarry. Yeah, which is great. Hooray for hooray for Kosuke. So, so Godsuruder looks up, and Super Kakure Daishogen is flying above This is him. rad. But only has one arm because God Saruder is the other arm. Yeah. <laughs> so he like God Saruder like jumps up, does like the little transformation into Kakure Dai Shogun's arm. They do like the ultra punch move. The, the what is it? Iron fist, fist finish. Iron fist flying finish, and then Saruder detaches again, pulls out those two swords that he has, does like a double cut. Like, the double cut, and what we see is that he, like, dashes past Amunajaku, and then as Amunajaku is standing behind him, we're getting, like, the perspective shot, and we just see God Saruder, like, 
whip his swords down and then like flip them around and stick them on his back. And then he does like a rad ninja pose and then Amanajaku falls over. It's less we have good. forgotten. Yeah, lest we forget that God's Rooter is a giant ninja robot. Because I think our buddy Greek Mike has the best definition of a ninja. And he said this years and years ago. He said, well, he cuts you and then you die. And that's how you know he's a ninja. Like the time delay is the key factor there. Right. Like, no, I don't think it's he cuts you and then you die. I think it's you die and then you fall over. Maybe that's it. I forget. But the key here is that you get hit and then there's a time delay before you before you fall over and die. And that's how you know if someone is really a ninja. Right. So, so he, like, they basically just play the God Sarut or summoning animation in reverse. Like, he de-summons, and then he, like, pulls the, he closes the scroll, and then he is walking over to Kasuke, and he unhenges as he's walking over. And so it's sort of a cool, like, step down. Like, hey, I know I'm a ninja superhero, but I'm also your big cousin Sasuke. And he runs over and he hugs Kosuke, which is great. And then, the, and then we cut back to the shrine, and at this point, like, the sun is about to set, and they find Osho, who conveniently is, in fact, not dead. Uh, yeah, that's great. Osho just, didn't actually die. He was just trapped somewhere. Yeah, he's, like, stashed in a cave, and they drag him out, and everyone's happy to see everyone. Uh, and then the Kaka Rangers just, like, get in Nekamaru and drive off as, like, well, a, a pleasant hold song up, Matt. plays. Real quickly, they do the cat, the kitten from the beginning of the episode. They say... Like, here, Kosuke, you should take this kitten. And we find out that, in fact, it is already Kosuke's kitten, and he thought it was missing, and now his kitten has been returned to him. So so that's nice. And I think Sasuke even says, like, ah, happy ending this time. Yeah, it's great. And then they drive off, and there's a song. There's, like, a musical number for 30 seconds just singing about how nice everything is, and they sort of see everybody kind of back to normal and everybody's yeah. really happy to be saved that i think is and like so a that's... japanese folk song like lullaby thing that would make sense I yeah that seems very true so and then that's it that's uh that's all we've got for this episode okay dave so having finished our episode we have one more task before we can close up this week sure do where do you think alvin Ajaku lands in the creature royale well, okay, I'm a little torn on this dude because he has a, a he has a very cool look, mm-hmm. and his he's very successful in his plan, but his plan is kind of dumb. Yeah, his plan is just to like to make people bad, which he succeeds. Yeah, at, but like but ultimately, like... that does not help him defeat the Kaku Rangers. Yeah, but not, like, bad. Not, like, well, okay, I guess, yes, murdery bad, because they did try to kill the Kaku Rangers. But that's, like, his whole... Yeah, like, he's good at the plan. It's just not a very, like, nasty plan. Um, He doesn't actually put up much of a fight. I did dig that he tricked Sasuke. I thought that was a pretty cool move. We don't see a whole lot of, like, strategic thinking from Yokai, generally speaking. Mm -hmm. So that was pretty good, but I'm still looking. I'm still looking down at the bottom of the list, man. Like, I don't like him as much as I like Nipifuhufu, the face licker from last episode. Um, okay. Who do we have that? Who do we have on this list who is successful in their plan, but their plan kind of sucked? Uh, let's see. Kappa and Rokurokubi are pretty good about that. The Nurikabe, the wall monster. He does a pretty decent job. He like traps them in like a maze for a while. Shirio Neri, the uh, the rag dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh well, there's two rag dudes. Are you thinking Shirio Neri or Eton Momen, the rag strangler? I was thinking of Shirio Neri, the guy who was just really mad that people were recycling old clothing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was hates, really good at love clothes, but that was a stupid thing to do. Yeah, but like, who cares? So. But I'm looking lower than that. I don't like him as much as I like Tofu Hermit. I don't like him as much as I like... It's really Nupafufu for me. I don't like him as much as I like that crazy pumpkin face licker. Okay, um, so what's directly below Nupafufu? 
Faucet Dimension? Is the f- yeah, it's Faucet Dimension, and then Tengu, and then Azukirai, the Bean Washer. Well, I definitely like him more than Azukirai. Yeah, that's totally true. And probably I think... more than Tengu. Yeah. Do I like him more than Faucet Dimension? I don't think I do, just because Faucet Dimension had like a... Even though the idea of a Faucet monster itself is a, is a bit dumb... I do really dig the sort of like horror movie elements of Fawcett Dimension. Yeah. So I don't, yeah, I don't think I like Aminajaku as much as I like Fawcett Dimension, but I do like him better than Tengu. And just going down the list, yeah, I like him better than Thunder. I like him better than Baron String and Archbishop Saw and all these dudes. So yeah, I'm cool with that. Okay, well then let's put him right in between Fawcett Dimension and Tengu, which places him at number, what's that, 51 on the list? 51. All right, man. Okay, sounds good. So that, yeah, so that I think is going to do it. At some point, should we, we should carve out a little bit of time to run people through the list as it stands, I feel like, because there's a lot of, because otherwise I feel like the list is a little bit just for us. Well, you know, maybe next time we get together and do a like a full episode to try to burn through those Jetman monsters that we're still behind on. Oh, yeah, We yeah, can yeah. do a recap on the list. Yeah, good call. Okay, so that, Matt, I think is going to do it for us, right? Yep, that is going to do it for another episode of A View to a Cocky Ranger. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all you can email the show at supersentibrothers at gmail.com. Want to get any updates on future episodes or check out the things that we're talking about on Twitter? We are at Super Sentai Bros. If you like the show, please remember that shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. That's what's going to help new people find the show there. Uh, but we're not just there. We are also, let's see, we're on Stitcher. Yep, we're on YouTube. We are on YouTube. Now, that's a new thing for us. Uh, you can find us on the iHeartRadio app, I think, if that's a thing that people do. I'm pre- yeah, no, I'm pretty sure we're on iHeartRadio, and we're on RetrogradeOrbitRadio.com, our website. Yes, where you can find all of the other great Retrograde Orbit Radio shows. Uh, once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week for the greatest show on Earth. <laughs>